0: Thanksgiving has passed, Christmas is coming, and this is my favorite time of the year. I love the fall season. I love pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin spice C- cookies, pumpkin spice muffins, pump- pumpkin spice everything, pumpkin spice cologne—not <laughs> not, not really—but you know, I love pumpkin spice. Whatever you can think of, amen. I just love the fall season. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. It is just right. It's perfect. And so fall is my favorite time of the year. I love it. I just enjoy the festivities. I enjoy, you know, you notice how people are more kind during the Christmas season, right? You go to the stores and they go, like, oh, thank you. Hey, how you doing? They hold the door for you, you know? And so there's something special, like Pastor was saying, you know, we don't think about Augustus in the month of August, we think about Jesus in December, right? And so his his likelihood, his his person shines through us and it begins to spread throughout the whole entire world and it's like a level of kindness that increases because God is moving amen he's doing something amazing and so this time of year is my favorite time of year so because I am feeling festive tonight I'm going to start off with a joke okay so Mendo was a tailor who was worried about his business he was down to his last 50 dollars and was torn between buying a sign and getting food for his family so Mendo decided to pray dear Lord I don't know what to do If I buy a sign, it might bring in business, but I need to buy groceries for my family. And if the sign doesn't bring in sales, we will starve. So God replied, Mendo, Charleston Heston, right? Mendo, buy the sign, don't worry, your family won't starve. So Mendo bought the sign and the business took off. After some time, the tailor decided to move to a larger site that would accommodate the growing demands of his business. As he surveyed certain locations, he found the perfect storefront, but the rental price was really expensive. Mendel prayed again, God, I found a perfect place to relocate my business, but the cost of these release worries me. I don't want to get it in over my head. So God said, go ahead and get a lease on the store, Mendel. Trust me, you'll be okay. I haven't stood you wrong yet, right? So Mendo signed the lease on the Fifth Avenue store, and profits from his business went through the roof. Out of heartfelt gratitude, Mendo proposed to the Almighty that he he dedicate the store to Him. So he asked the Lord, "How do you like me to name? Would you like to name Yahweh and Mendo?" Nay, God said, "Let's go with Lord Lord and Taylor." (laughs) Amen. Supposed to laugh, but that's all right. Yes. So the title of my message tonight is an attitude of gratitude. We're going to look at Psalm chapter 100. If you have a Bible sheet, please turn with me to Psalm chapter 100. And I'm reading five chapter, five verses just tonight. And um, I'm going to just read this here. It's on the screen as well. But my weapon of choice tonight is the New King James Version. Amen. The word of God is a weapon, right? It's sharper than a double-edged sword. So every time we have access to this, every time we read it, we are fighting off the enemy. Amen. Amen. So so, my weapon of choice tonight is New King James Version. Here we go. Bake a joyful shout to the Lord, all your lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and we, not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his, de- his, his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, and I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word tonight, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that you would do something, this speak to our hearts and do something amazing in every single one of us tonight, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Father, we are believing for you to, to do something in our lives. We're believing for you as we celebrate your goodness. We know that there's no Christmas without Jesus. And how you came to this earth for one simple thing, to, to, to die and rise again for our, for our sins, Lord God, to save us, save all our humanity. And we give you praise, glory, and honor. And everyone says, amen, and amen, and amen. So after reading this psalm, we learn from these five verses that it is a simple, a simple psalm. The longest words are thanksgiving, everlasting, and generations. As we further look into this psalm, we know that there are seven elements that are suggested as we read this psalm. First, the psalmist tells us to make a joyful shout to the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I read that, (laughs) I just want to make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Amen? He's giving us an opportunity. He's speaking to us and telling us how we should connect with God. And whatever way that may be for you, he's telling us, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Amen? And if you're Pentecostal, that should be a joyous sound. Right? That should be like, hey, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Make a joyful shout unto the Lord. He's preparing us. He's teaching us how to to worship. He's teaching us, he's showing us what we should do in our everyday lives. And you can say, depending on what day you're having, that may be a good thing or a bad thing, but let me encourage you, you, even if you're having a bad day, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Because it does make a difference. It does take your situation and turn it around for God's glory. Then the writer says, in and, 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 and verse 2, he says, serve the Lord with gladness. In the same verse, he says, come before his presence with Singing, ooh, I love what happened tonight in worship. Singing. When we all come together in worship, when we all come together lifting up our hands, there's something that begins to happen. The atmosphere begins to change. There's a shift that happens in the atmosphere and the Holy Spirit begins to move in every single one of us and and things begin to transform in our lives because we are coming together in agreement that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and we bring worship unto him, all right, and we serve him with gladness, he shows up. Even when you don't want to. But if you just lift up your hands, if you just worship him, if you just say, praise the Lord, I'm going to give you whatever I have right now. I'm going to offer that up to you. He does something. He begins to transform our minds and our hearts. Try it. Whenever you're going through something, try this worshiping. Praise the Lord, right? Try this worshiping, seeking his face, lifting up your hand. Sing praises unto him. You know, I won't sing a song tonight because I don't sing. But sing, right, unto the Lord. Worship him. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before him, his presence with singing. In verse 4, we are told to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. And I think about entering his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise as a symbol of how we enter here to worship. As we pull up to the parking lot, We are entering and preparing our hearts to enter into the gates with worship. As we pull up into the doors, we are preparing our hearts to serve him, to surrender to him, and getting ready, preparing ourselves to receive from God because we want to leave here different from how we came in. Amen? But it starts with your attitude coming up to church. It starts with you coming to the parking lot and saying, God, I'm going to give you my best tonight. God, I'm going to receive for you tonight. I'm going to believe that you're going to do something amazing in my life. It starts with you coming up to the work parking lot and when you get into this worship into the sanctuary you're preparing your heart for worship for him to show up and do something amazing but let it begin while you're pulling up let it begin while you are coming into the sanctuary let it begin to transform your mind before we even start the worship songs don't wait for the first song Be prepared before you come in. Be prepared to show up, for him to show up in your life. Amen? So I think of the courts as we walk into the doors with praise, with our hearts and ready to give him our all. And this verse is so packed, verse 4 is so packed with elements of praise that the psalmist tells us, be thankful to him. And then he ends the verse by saying, and bless his name. Bless his name. I think about the old song. I will bless the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Sing unto the king of Israel. Right. But I will bless his name. I will worship him and praise him. Bless his holy name. So, as followers of Christ, we should have an attitude of gratitude because of who he is. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our Creator, our Shepherd, the one who guides our steps. Here's what it says in Psalm 37, 23. It says, The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. Praise the Lord. The steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. Because we delight. In his ways. Psalm 100 also tells us that we should first praise him because of who he is. He is our Lord. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. the original Hebrew for the word Lord is Elohim, meaning mighty one, great one, judge over all the earth. That may be a good thing for some of us, but for others to be judge over all the, all the earth, that's a scary thing, right? Scary. we're not right with God for him to judge us it's a scary thing but he is also merciful right he shows forgiveness he shows love he gives people opportunity to come to him at the very moment he's given them the opportunity to seek him and surrender him so the name Elohim speaks of power he's the one who created the heavens and the earth and the psalmist continues to tell us that he is our creator our sustainer he's the source of everything that we need praise the lord if you ever wonder who he is, read the Psalm. It says it right there He's our creator and sustainer. He's the source of everything we need. He's our owner. He's our shepherd. And if we, we don't really know who wrote this Psalm, but if it was David, he can relate to being a shepherd, right? David started off as a shepherd before he was the king. And I believe that that was his preparation to become a king. He had to be out there guarding the sheep. He had to be out there to fight lions, tigers, and bears, or my right? He had to be, be out there getting the training that he needed to be elevated into the position that he was in to lead a whole entire nation. And, you know, as you know the story, God chose him. And some translations said that he was a runt, right? He was like the, the smallest of the small. He had his older brothers that were this mighty and, and tall and had everything. Everything as for a king, but their heart was not in the right place. but David was out there tending the sheep, worshiping. He was a worshiper. He would praise the Lord out there and he was preparing his heart to leave a, lead a whole nation to worship God. It started in the field. It started while he was a shepherd. It started while he was out there by himself <laughs> at times, taking care of the sheep. It started there. And so he can, the the writer, just David, he can relate to this being a shepherd. Isn't it interesting that Jesus chooses the less likely to do great things? And so in our society today, we think that God has to choose the person with the most anointing or or has the the, the, the greatest ministry or has this traveling ministry. And they're famous. No, God can choose any one of us here who is willing to be chosen and do something great for his name. Amen? Anybody here. He chooses shepherds. He chooses fishermen like he chose a disciple. He chooses carpenters like Joseph. (laughs) He chooses... Anybody whose heart is prepared to respond to his calling. And sometimes it starts off tending sheep. And as we do that, giving praise to God, and as we do that 100% and giving our all to him, he prepares us to do something even greater. So don't despise the small beginning. Don't despise if you're in a, in a season right now and you're wondering, Lord, when am I going to have another opportunity to do what you call me to do? Oh, Lord, when i am going to have a, 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 a raise? Or oh, when i am going to have a promotion, Lord? When is that time is coming? Continue to serve God with gladness. Continue to do what you call to do and give it your best and let him take care of everything else. Amen? Trust me. He cares about every single detail of your life and God's favor will be upon you who' show up every single time all the time. when you take steps of faith, who'll show up and do something amazing in your life. This verse is a statement of faith that Jehovah is God, creator, redeemer and shepherd and we are submitting to him. If the sheep do not submit to their shepherd, they will stray stray into danger. There was a French writer in the 1800s who wrote The shepherd always tries to persuade the sheep that their interests and his own are the same. The shepherd always tries to persuade, persuade the sheep that their interests and his own. Are the same. So he's interested in what we're interested in, right? He's interested in doing things for our good. We may not feel that at times. You may, may be thinking, well, Lord, why are you not showing up at this very time in my life? But his interests and ours are the same. He's always looking out for our good. Looking back to Psalm 104, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Now, the Hebrew word for thanksgiving is yada, meaning to speak out, confess, to praise, to sing, to give thanks. And to illustrate this a little bit further, I'm going to place each one of these words into the verse by saying this. Enter into his gates with confessing. Enter into his gates with praising. Enter into his gates with singing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Wow. And I love the fact that our nation recognizes Thanksgiving, right? It has to do with the pilgrims. It has to do with that, the community of that. But I believe it's good for us to be reminded to be thankful, not only during this time of year, but be thankful all the time, Amen. I mean, it's hard when you're getting kicked around. It's hard when you're going through difficulties and challenges to be thankful, right? But it's one thing that we can look for while we're going through difficulty. Hey, we are still alive. I can keep on fighting. I can keep on trusting. I can keep on believing as long as I have air in my in my in my breath. Right, as long as I have air in my lungs, so and as long as I'm alive, I can be thankful that He is good. Praise the Lord. A thankful heart does amazing things in our life. It, 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 it takes us into a deeper intimacy with God. It does amazing wonders despite what we're going through. It makes a difference in our life. If we are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God and inspired by the Holy Word of God, we will reveal it in the way we worship. If we are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God and inspired by the Holy Word of God, we will reveal it by the way we worship because we are empowered, right? We got the Holy Spirit inside of us and inspired by the Word of God. If we look at a Psalm 100, then we can say, enter his gates with thanksgiving. We can lift up our voice and pray because we are being inspired by both the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word of God. It shows in the way that we worship. So worship, (laughs) Worship the Lord with gladness. A thankful spirit is a triumphal spirit. I want to share with you an article about gratitude that I read. It's called A Power of a Thankful Heart. And the letter is written by a lady named Debbie. Here's what she wrote. Dear intercessor, it is not always easy to give thanks, but this is the very thing we must do in order to see God's will accomplished in our life. This is how we move into higher realms of faith for ourselves, for our city, and for our nation. When we give thanks in the midst of difficulty, we bring pleasure to God's heart, and breakthrough begins. He's looking for people who live in a realm of praise and thanksgiving, where the enemy no longer has the ability to hold or manipulate us. Satan is defeated when we have a thankful heart, because thankfulness during difficulty is a sacrifice pleasing to God. She then asked, what are you thankful for? She went on to say, are you thankful for your present circumstances? Are you thankful for your salvation, your friendship, your job? Are you thankful for the way God has made you? Thankfulness is a key to life. It is a key that turns your situation around because it changes you, your outlook and your attitude. There's power in a thankful heart it's contagious you ever want to be around people that just always seems to be happy right they're always thanking God there's a lady that I know that um we went to the same church back in St. Pete when my mom when I was a kid we went to two churches we went to English-speaking church in Tarpon Springs, and then we went to a Spanish-speaking church in the afternoon because most Spanish services would be in the afternoon in St. Pete, and we would go there because my dad doesn't speak much English, right? So we would go to a Spanish-speaking church, and there was a lady there that became really good friends with my mom, and I recently saw her. She lives in Winterhaven. and every time I saw her, she just kept on walking around saying, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A woman that battled cancer, and she survived that. She continued to be, um, keep continue living and keep continue fighting the fight, and she's saying, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All the time, there's thank you, Jesus. And I kind of, she kept saying it. I looked at her, I'm like, man, she's just going to keep on saying thank you, Jesus. But she kept on over and over again, and she works at the mission and went to Haven, and they serve a lot of people there, and she's looking at their circ- situations and circumstances, and the whole time, she's just saying, thank you, Jesus. I get to be here and, and serve these people thank you jesus i'm here on earth thank you jesus that i i'm alive and well thank you jesus that you're good to me and she just kept on over and over and it was so contagious that i began to say thank you jesus as well there's just something about people who are thankful right and when you're around them man it does something to you and when you see them going through the storms of life, and yet they don't let that tear them down. Wow, what a great testimony. And I'm, I haven't arrived there. I'm not saying that I'm there. I'm not saying <laughs> any of that. I mean, when I go through tough times, sometimes it just it can do a number in me. But I hope to be the kind of person that when I'm going through a storm, I'm still going to trust the Lord and be thankful even regardless of that. Because our response to these things make a difference in people's lives, just like the lady did to me. Her response to battling cancer, her response to losing her sister to cancer, her response to losing her best friend, who was my mom, still praising God and believing for great things made a difference in my life. And it will do the same for us. When we continue to be thankful. Wow. There's power in that. There's power in a thankful heart. Thanksgiving brings contentment and attitude of thanksgiving, accepts and embrace embraces God's will. Sometimes things come out of nowhere that we're not prepared for it. I'm the kind of person I love to be prepared in advance. You know, I don't like last minute things. I get a little bit uncomfortable sometimes for last minute. I love to be prepared in advance. To go in my office and I'm on the wall, I got the whole year planned out. Some people walk in there like, whoa, you're insane. You got the whole year planned out. You know, so I I get uncomfortable with the last minute type of things, right? But Thanksgiving brings contentment and an attitude of Thanksgiving accepts God's will, embraces God's will. So sometimes things will come out of nowhere. And we're like, well, Lord, I wasn't prepared for that. Why, why is that happening? Could be the will of God. And embracing that can make a big difference. Oh, man. Embracing those difficulties, embracing the thing that you were not prepared for and responding with a way of, of with a thankful heart, right, with a, with a heart of gratitude in spite of that, could be God's will for the moment, and does something in our lives, changes us. Amen. And so, the unexpected last year, my mom passing, and I wanted to make sure that I was. I wanted to make sure that I was right when I came back to work at the school. That I was in a good place. And I spent a lot of time praying. (laughs) I spent a lot of time praying. And and I got back, and you know, I had that sadness inside of me. I was going through it. But I was able to continue to trust the Lord. And even when I spoke to some of the students, I said, Yes, my mom passed away. But I thank God that she was right with Him. I thank God that she was a believer, and I know where she's at. Two weeks from now, December eighteenth, it's on a Sunday this year. Would be one year when she gone home to be with the Lord, and I just think about the memories that I have of her. And you know what the greatest memory that I have of my mom? Praying. Praying for every single one of us. Praying for our, all six of her children. Used to take our pictures, lay hands on, on our pictures, praying for us. And I remember those prayers. i tell you what. <laughs> prayers that rescued me out of danger. When I was in dangerous situations and somehow walked away from it because of a praying parent. Amen? Praise God. Begin to thank God for all the blessings he has given instead of dwelling on a negative. Discontent drives up the soul. Discontent drives up our soul. It changes us. It makes us bitter towards God. Our prayers get affected by that. Instead of praying prayers and faith believing, you're praying prayers out of the circumstance and situation. And then you're wondering why your intimacy with God is affected by that because you're discontent and it drives up our soul. There's a way to combat that. Thanksgiving. Worship. Praise. lifting up his name on high. I love what Elizabeth Elliot once said, to love God is to love his will. It is to wait quietly for life to be measured by the one who knows us through and through. It is to be content with his timing and his wise apportionment. It is to be followed in the steps of the master as did Paul, who was able to say that he had learned contentment no matter what the circumstances. His circumstances when he wrote this was prison. It was no easy lesson but great gain, which is the sum of godliness plus contentment. She ended by saying this. This is a lesson for all of us to learn. To be people of praise and thanksgiving to God all the days of our lives would be a great accomplishment. There's greatness and happiness and thanksgiving. And we know that her story, her husband got killed on a mission field while being a missionary. And yes, he's saying there's thanksgiving. I'm, I'm just thankful in spite of, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful. There's greatness and happiness and thanksgiving. No matter your circumstances, be thankful to him and bless his name because there's always a reason to thank God. Doing so will transform you. Here's what Hebrew 13, 15 says. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Amen. <laughs> giving thanks to his name. Psalms 100 also tells us we should praise him because of his attributes. In verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. The word "good" means he's pleasing. He's he's desirable. His mercy is everlasting. God's mercy is unmerited favor. Favor we don't really deserve, but His, He still gives it to us. He's good. His truth endures to all generations. And now when I think about that, I'm reminded of our generation. I'm reminded of the generations of past. I'm reminded of the generations ahead of us. And I'm reminded of this generation who whatever they've been taught in school or whatever they choose to believe about God, that God's truth will endure all generations. I'm reminded whether they are Generation X, Y, or Z. Whatever generation they are, His truth endures to all generations. His truth endures to all generations. No matter what they're learning in school, wherever they're watching on TV, His truth endures to all generations. And it may be times that we think that there is no hope for the younger generation of today, but His truth endures to all generations. And if we think about it, every single generation before us has something to say about our generation, right? But God's truth endures to all generations. That doesn't end. Doesn't change in 2022 because the world's got its agenda, right? His truth endures to all generations, to the very end. There's hope for our children today, for our youth today, that his truth will endure to all generations. And that's why Pastor Marie and I, we believe in doing children and youth ministry, right? We believe because his truth endures. We believe in planting seeds and believe in God's word that his truth will endure all generations. I love this quote by Samuel Medley, who was a hymn writer. He wrote this, all worlds, his glorious power confess, his wisdom, all his work express, but all oh, his love, what tongue can tell, our Jesus had done all things well. All things well. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the example we want to follow. And as we follow his example, we are hoping that others follow our example so that we can, they can see that things are done well that we've done things well, because we're following the example of Christ, amen? As I said it before, it is what we, how we respond to the unexpected that makes a greater difference than what we say with our mouth. How do we respond to the unexpected? Yes, we can get upset, we can get disappointed, we can get discouraged, but when we turn that around with praise and thanksgiving, because of his goodness, th- that makes the difference. I don't like the situation I may be in. It may be tough. There's been times I say, God, why are you allowing this in my life? Why do I have to walk around with this thorn in my flesh? So why, and like Paul said, right, three times, remove this from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my power is made strong in weakness. He let it go. He said, I'm trusting in you. I'm believing in spite of that. And God still used him. There's so many believers. If, you, you know, if, if you've really grasped, right, if you really grasped that in whatever you're going through, whatever the struggle may be, that his truth endures to all generation, that he is still good, that he is faithful, that he can use you in spite of that. And if you believe in that, then you can make a difference in other people's lives, right? We all have a cross to carry. We all got something that we have to deal with. amen but we could be grateful that we have a savior who knows us knows what it is to be tempted knows what it is to be rejected knows what it is to go through struggles knows what it is to go through physical pain i mean beaten on a cross can relate to us. We serve a God who came down to us and became a man, became one of us as a baby. He didn't come as a teenager or a child. He came as a baby. He can relate to us. We don't serve a God that we have to be good enough to make it to Nirvana, right? We don't, have to be, we don't have to be good We serve a God who can relate to us, who suffered, right, who was beaten, who was rejected, who went through a lot of difficulties and challenges and continued to go on mission, and he called us to continue to go on mission to make it a lot of difference, in people's lives to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. And we don't get to choose that cross time. I wish we did. I wish I could say, Well, Lord, I'm gonna let me choose this cross. This cross is a little bit less heavy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up this cross, you know. I I like this one better. Says, pick up the cross and follow me, follow Jesus. That could be heavy sometimes. But he's there to help us. I want to end this message by expressing some ways that I'm grateful. And my goal in doing this is to bring you hope. I'm grateful for my parents who continue to pray. They prayed for me. They prayed me out of many storms. See, when I was a child, up when I got into my teenage years, I became a prodigal. And I walked away from God. I walked away from the church up into my mid-20s. And I chose to do whatever I wanted to do. I chose to do what made me feel right at the time, made me feel good. And I made some crazy choices and you know, find myself in some dangerous situation, but I thank God for praying parents who continue to pray and believe that God was going to do something in my life, that believed that I was called as a child into the ministry, and they said, no, I'm trusting that this Rafael Rodriguez, this son of mine who is out there in the world, I'm believing that God has called them, and I'm going to continue to pray that God will rescue him out of his darkness, and God will transform his life, and so I want to encourage you tonight, I want to encourage you to pray for your particles without ceasing, Pray bold prayers that, will continue, that God will capture their attention, that he will humble them. Pray for God's mercy. Pray also for God to do whatever it takes. Cry out for your prodigal. Cry out for them. God, you do whatever it takes for them to come back to you. Because I was once one of those prodigals and my parents continue to pray and believe and continue to trust that this guy has a, he has a plan, you have a plan and a purpose for his life and I'm going to continue to pray even though the devil tried to destroy him, even though the enemy is trying to get him to go away from his calling I'm going to get on my hands and knees I'm going to pray that God's going to do something and in- his life and I want you to do the same for your prodigal's son or daughter or granddaughter yes give a hand clap to the Lord believe that God is going to do something in their life the devil's trying to keep them from walking in their calling he doesn't want them to because when they do they're going to be dangerous they're going to transform the world And so you got to fight back with prayers and pray and trust and believe that God is going to do something in their life and do whatever it takes to humble them and to bring them before the Lord. Because amazing things are going to happen. These guys right here, tonight I'm going to have them pray for you. Because there's been some powerful things happening in the youth ministry. I don't know if you heard, but some of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of them received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Praise the Lord. Some of them ones in the children's ministry have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And so there's powerful things happening in our generation right now. And I'm going to believe in that, that when they come up here to pray for you guys, that something is going to happen in your life. Or your, for your prodigal, whoever you're going to pray for, that God's going to do something through that situation. He can use them. They too can be used by God Amen. he used a shepherd he used a carpenter he used a young lady like Mary to give birth to the savior of our world she was chosen right what does the word say you are chosen you are royal priesthood right you're a chosen generation I'm grateful for my professors when I was in college, one of them being Pastor Davis, who believed in me, recognized the call of God on my life, and given me an opportunity to serve in this church. I'm grateful for my professors who saw me and said, no, God's got something special. There's something special that God's calling you to do. When I, didn't, when I was in college, I was Confused and God, what do you want me to do? And I'm trying to double major in and in, in, in pastoral ministries and in communications. And God, what do you want me to do? And He continued. They had people in my life continue to to just talk to me and encourage me and believe and, and speak into my life that God's got a plan for your life. I'm grateful for a praying wife who diligently prayed for me for the past 15 years and has showed me unconditional love. And she has because I'm not very hard to deal with, right? (laughs) See, she said it. I'm grateful for my daughters who love me and challenge me to be a better father. They challenge me every day to be a better dad, to respond to them with love and kindness I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for our youth leaders who pray with us in the student center every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night we're up there praying, praying and believing for our church family, our community. And man, I tell you, ever since we started praying, that's when the Holy Spirit began to move in the youth services. Powerful things happen when we pray, church. God begins to move. Praise the Lord. I'm grateful for those. I'm grateful for our youth leaders who serve in us as small group leaders, help lead worship, help at our events, and help in our Wednesday night services. I'm grateful for our mentors who go to the high schools and help us mentor students who don't come from a church background. It's not easy to go into the high schools. And hear the stories that they have to say. I mean, this past Wednesday, past Wednesday morning, we went to one of the high schools, and one of the girls had a story to share with my wife, with Pastor Marie. And i tell you what, we've got to pray for our students. They go through some tough stuff. They go through some challenges and difficulties. And, man... But I'm grateful for my mentors to go there. I'm grateful for Thrive you students who get involved in our services, in our events, who faithfully serve in other ministries here at New Life. I'm grateful for a congregation who prays and loves us and, and, and gives to BGMC like you did today for pastor to get out of jail and for the speed of light who sponsored teens for camp. I'm grateful for all of you. Grateful. God is amazing. Every single one of you, I'm grateful because you are amazing. Most of all, I'm grateful for what Jesus has done for all of humanity. Without Jesus, there's no Christmas. He's the reason for the season. And although his birth was the beginning of our hope, his death and resurrection was the beginning of our life. His birth was the beginning of our hope. His death and resurrection was the beginning of our life. When we give our life to him, we are what? A new creation. We are born again. The old has gone and the new has come. (laughs) What do I mean about the beginning of our new life? Well, God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. Sin cannot be removed by good deeds Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Start your journey towards living for eternity with Jesus tonight.